0: I want to encourage you today, I really want you to know that you have a Father who loves you, believes in you, and has a call on your life. The callings of God are not just for the preachers, it's for the whole body. Every believer has a a Father's plan for them to do something in the kingdom of God. So today I want to encourage you to always be strengthened and to know that God's always working His plan in your life. Not only does he have great things in our future, in world-changing things, where you change the world of a person or many people, but he also has provided a pathway to grow, go from where we are to where we can be included with his plan at that point. The moment you're saved, God always starts to work with you. I don't like the word use the word use, that God uses you. So we'll use the word include, that God will include you. The moment you're saved, God will begin to include you with kingdom business. Where he includes you depends on your level of maturity. And that's why we're talking about transformation so much. Because so many in the church, out of zeal, out of hunger, uh, out of passion, uh, out of frustration, try to run ahead and do these things for God. But there's a work that God wants to do through you that can only be done with him working through you. And it's going to cost you. It's going to require... Transformation. I, I like this verse. This is a verse we kind of we all like to read, but it's a very um, scary verse at the same time. In John, the book of John, Jesus says, chapter fourteen, in verse twelve. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works then these he will do because I go to my father. Now this is an exciting verse, but it's also a terrifying verse. Because what it's telling you, you're a believer, that he, his desire for you, not just for the preachers, not just for the apostles, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, the prophets, for me, for you, for every believer, he who believes, Most surely I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. The reason why this series on transformation is so important is because we know that's God's heart for you and for me, for every believer. That it doesn't matter where you start or what you're going through or how dysfunctional you are or even how functional you are. That there is a plan for God to work through you, for to include you with a ministry or with helping him to express the very works of Christ. We know that's raising the dead, casting out demons, healing the sick, blind eyes. That's the works of Christ, and he wants those works to happen through you and through me. So much of the church, we love that verse, but we skip over it when we accept a lesser calling a lesser place so rather than uh, just see miracles we can't just make that happen miracles are not something you can generate in the natural you can generate good works and good help and kindness you can generate many things but you can't generate the supernatural the miracles the blind eyes opening when someone who the doctor has given up on and you can show them to jesus where they get their eyes open And everyone else has given up on them. These are the kind of miracles that's missing much in the church today. We see little spots here and there. But if I took a blind child to Jesus, there would be no 90% chance or 80% chance they're going to get healed. 100% of the time, every person who came to Jesus for a miracle, a healing, received it. And this is what God wants the church to show the world. A Jesus like the one who when he was when he walked on the earth. Unfortunately, the church has stopped somewhere before there, and many have tried to do good works, but not get to here. When I have someone who says, well, I just have it all. We, the moment we're born again, you have it all. You just have to walk it out. I like that to the extent that, yes, the moment you're born again, God will include you with helping him at the level of your maturity. But if you think you have it all the moment you're saved, I've got some broken kids that I've been praying for that I can't quite get healed yet that I'd like for you to go and pray for and show them Jesus. And you can't just use boldness to make that happen. And we know it's God's heart that everyone gets healed. And I'm bringing this up because I want to encourage you that this is where God wants to take you. It sounds a little nerve-wracking to think, wow, God wants me to go that far. God wants every one of His believers to go that far into Him that He can show up through them and show Jesus's love power to the world. The reason the church has to try so hard to incorporate culture to try to gather people to come to church is because we've given up overall to this verse. We've given up on trying to be like Jesus in the miracle power of God. We try to be like Jesus in the social ability of being nice and kind and loving and helpful and, and those type of things. And so we emphasize on that, mainly because there's so few of us who can really walk in the power of God. That's what we're after, that's what I'm after. I'm I'm at a place, an age in my life, and a walk with God where I really am not interested in anything else but this. Helping myself and helping people walk into the fullness of what God has for them. And the key is transformation. That this is an instant thing. The instant you're saved, God wants to include you with what you can handle. But as you grow and mature in the things of God and transform, then He'll include you with bigger and stronger things. But in the end, this is the work of God. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do, because I go to the Father. Now, we can assume the greater works is maybe getting people saved. That really is the most important work of anything, is getting people saved and into heaven. But we don't want to neglect the works of Jesus in our life. The church has settled for a lesser standard. And I think it's time that those who are hungry have a path where they can go to to find the pathway that will take them to this place where if they believe, they'll see the miracles that Jesus had in their own life. So I'm going to go over here. We're we're going to end up today in Romans 8. But before we go there, I want to do some more studying on the inner man and outward man. So come with me to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians and chapter 4. And we're going to lay these two chapters on top of each other a little bit today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and Romans 8. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Now, there's a reason why it says do not lose heart. Because this walk of transformation can be discouraging. When you know what God wants, you know His will, and especially if you have someone you love who needs a miracle, you know God's will, and God's already paid the price through the blood of Jesus, that God's not withholding His miracle. God's not withholding His healing power. He's searching for someone, anyone, who will believe Him and walk with Him at the place where He can show up the way He wants to show up. If you've been listening to the series, then praise God You have an idea of what I'm talking about when I say transformation. But this transformation is learning to let our inward man grow in the things of God while we diminish and mortify the outward man. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So it's important that you understand the outward man and inward man, to know what he's talking about in these two chapters, in 2 Corinthians 4 and Romans 8 the inward man and outward man. It's very important you understand that. That you have an inward body and you have an outward body. Therefore, do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but just for a moment, is working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Listen, what a beautiful opportunity you have. To lay your life down for God. To live a life of spending your life walking with Him. Spending your life getting to know Him. Growing in Him. Maturing in Him. What a beautiful opportunity that is. You and I were destined for hell. Born into a fallen race. And Jesus rescued us and gave us life. And that's why we offer our life to Him. Too many Christians are trying to live their life and searching after prosperity and happiness and success, and all those things are good, but they're neglecting laying their life down to give it to God to work with on this earth. For a light affliction, which is just for a moment, this life is short. It's going to be quick. A billion years from now, you'll look back to this time of your existence when you began on this earth. You'll look back, and it'll be just a small small portion of your life, but it has such an impact on you for the rest of eternity. For our light affliction, which is just for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, the things which are not seen are eternal. Again, talking about the inner man and outward man. Chapter 5, verse 1. Now we're going to take this chapter and we're going to lay it over on Romans 8. And it will help you to understand Romans 8. And uh, when we get the truth within a verse, there's power that comes with that. God's word and the truth within the word is powerful. To change your life and your circumstances. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens so this verse here we have an earthly house that's this outward man this outward body remember the outward man that's perishing well that's this outward body a house this tent and when it is destroyed when it, we die and when the trumpet sounds we will receive a new body a new outward body and that outward body will be righteous and holy and made of light and it will click on to our inward man and be a perfect partner in every way. No more fighting sadness or sorrow or insecurities or pride or envy because all the source of that, the outward man, will be destroyed and will receive a new outward man. So the promise here is, I know you're going through a hard time. I know you're struggling in your pursuit for holiness, your pursuit to grow in God. I know there is a struggle to... Spend time praying and and constantly worshiping and even fasting and to do all the things you know to do the spiritual tools. It can be discouraging, especially when you you're like me where you think, okay, I prayed enough. Maybe I should see more miracles, and you don't see the ones that we're after yet. But we will. We will be in a walk where people will meet Jesus in you. The blind, the deaf they'll meet Jesus in you. And when they do, they'll find the love of God and they'll find the power of God that Jesus walked in through you. The church has cast aside this responsibility to go far enough into God to see Jesus show up in their life in all of his power, in all of his love, in all of his uh, glory. But that is God's heart for the church, not just for the church as a whole, but for each individual. For you know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desire to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. So we are groaning, that's our struggle. We're groaning, wanting to not have to struggle with this, the resistance, unbelief that comes from the natural man the natural part of your soul, the, the emotions of the natural man, the struggle you have with finding out who you are, walking with God, growing in God, that we groan, and that groan, that we're going to see that in Romans 8, earnestly desire to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. That's a cry of every Christian, should be, God, I want to be that man or that woman, I want to be that person that walks fully in all that you have for me and that I have mortified my outward man. And that's our groaning. That's our battle. That's God saying, listen, I'm sorry I had to leave you with the outward man, not saved. Your inward man got saved, but your outward man did not. And that's why we have to mortify him. But eventually you'll be replaced with a new outward body. You're always going to have an inward body, the one you have now. And you're always going to have the nature, the nature of God. You're born again. You'll always be here. You're going to exist forever. And eventually, when the trumpet sounds, you're also going to receive a new outward body that won't age, won't take sickness or disease, but also won't have any, any space for anything dark, no sorrow, uh, nothing of this earth, nothing of Adam will be left in you. You'll be fully a child of God. But until then, we groan, earnestly desire to be clothed, with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not also be found naked. That's meaning when your outward body falls off of you, he calls you naked, that you're not wearing your your clothing. You're still there, but you're not wearing your outward body. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed. Now here, not because we want to be unclothed, means I don't want to I'm not looking to die. I want to live and have an impact on this earth. There's so many songs about, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. What a glorious day that'll be. It'll be a glorious day, but you can wait. There's a lot of work for you to do while you're on this earth. So we're not wanting to die. We're not wanting to leave this earth. We're not pitiful. Oh God, you just left me in this condition. I want to go to heaven. No, we should be Fighters and overcomers, warriors in our mentality that yeah it's a fight it's a fight to get up every day and fight with my outward man and make it submit to the things of God to holiness, make it submit to prayer time and worship time and and make it submit and, and lay its dreams down so that god's dreams can come forward, yeah, it's a fight, but I'm a fighter, and so are you i'm a child of God, so are you, you're of the tribe of the line of Judah, you have in you the strength and the, the desire of God to overcome the flesh. So we're not pitiful, begging God to please, just, just get me out of here. No, we're fighters for the will of God. God needs you. He needs you to grow up. He needs me to grow up and transform, because he has a work to do that can only be done with someone who's mature. For we who are on this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he has prepared us for this very thing, is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. That word Spirit means Holy Spirit. That God's given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. A guarantee is like a down payment. In the King James, it uses the word earnest. That means like when you go to buy a house, you put a earnest, or a guarantee, or a down payment, and you say, here's the first payment, and then I sign a contract, and then I will make a payment every month until that house is paid for in full. And this is the imagery of transformation, that yes, when you were saved, God gave you a new nature, he brought to life your inner man, but he had to leave you in your outward man. So many believers in the attempt out of frustration, out of zeal, to run ahead of God and do good things for God are doing it in their natural ability. They're giving God credit, but your natural man cannot raise the dead. Your natural man cannot see blind eyes open or deaf little children with deaf ears open or babies born deformed, healed. Only through the power of Jesus can that happen. And that power of God is available to you and me Where we're not the power, we're the authority that God uses. And that authority comes through maturing transformation. And that's why he says he gives us the spirit as a down payment. That means that every month you need to make a payment into your transformation to eventually, when it's paid in full, that's when he's able to use you to walk just like Jesus walked. The church has given up on that and they've accepted, let's do the best we can. And God's pleased with any church that preaches Jesus, anyone who gets anyone saved, any try to get someone saved, any work that a church does, no matter what they believe, as long as they preach Jesus for salvation, God is pleased with them and God will work with them. But the message of transformation is to say for you, if you'll let him, if you'll follow him and lay your life down, he'll put you on a path with the Holy Spirit as your down payment to help you make payments along the way. And when it's paid in full, he will take you and he'll use you the way he used Jesus. In every way, the works that I do, you shall do also. No one who came to Jesus was left broken, left blind. Everyone who came to Jesus for a healing received their healing. Now he has prepared us for this very thing is God who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. That's the Holy Spirit. He's given you the Holy Spirit as the guarantee to help you to make payments along the way. This is a perfect image of transformation. It doesn't come instantly. Your salvation came instantly. Your new nature was instantly given to you. It is complete. But you have an inner man that now must grow and mature in the knowledge of God. It must grow in the characteristics of God. And in that growing, we also put off the old man, this tent. We begin to mortify it, the outward man. So just stay with me, because I'm laying the picture, and I'm so pleased that I can teach this, because you've listened to the Transformation Series with me. You're understanding this, that I have an outward man, and an inward man, the outward man, the outward body, eventually will be replaced with a new outward body. The outward man isn't just my fingers and toes, it's also the outward part of my soul, the outward part of my emotions. And eventually it'll be all replaced. And I'll have a new inward, a new outward man and a new inward man, a new nature. I'll be completely like No more sorrow, struggling, unbelief. Everything will be fully mine because I'll be completely all of Jesus in me, through me, and through you as well. Oh, that's why we groan and wait for that trumpet to sound. No more struggling, no more striving, no more failing, because it will be completely His. Now come with me, we're going to Romans 8, but before we go there, come with me to Colossians chapter 3. This is one of our core verses. And again, I'm trying to show the inward man and outward man, so you'll see it in Romans chapter 8, because once you see it, it'll help you to interpret what chapter 8 is talking about. Colossians 3, verses 9 and 10. Do not lie to one another, since you put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him. So here I want you to see the three parts that he's talking about. I want you to see the old man that you're supposed to put off. That's the outward man. And I want you to see the new man, which you're supposed to put on. And that is the inward man as it is renewed in knowledge. So as we take the knowledge of God with the help of the Holy Spirit, and we build up the truth of God in us, in our inward man, that gives us the strength to put on that new man. Now, you put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image. So see there the word image? That word image is talking about your new nature. The new nature is already full and complete. And it has, like a seed, the image of Christ in holiness and the image of Christ in love in seed form. Now it must grow, and if it grows, it grows into the inward man. The inward man now, as it matures and builds up in maturity, then you can put it on and live from there instead of living out of your outward man. This is not an instant process. There are things you can do quickly. You can choose to obey God and and fight the outward man. But transformation is about growing up the inward man and mortifying the outward man. Now we're going to Romans chapter 8. And we're going to look at a few of these verses here and just grab the, the whole hope of this. There's a hope in here. And it's only a hope if you're willing to lay your life down. It's a weight on you if you're trying to live in this life. If you're trying to live this life as a Christian who gets to do what your flesh wants and not lay it down then this is a weight this is a, this this message is weighty to you it's it's bothersome can't you just leave me alone and let me live my life and and serve god at the same time listen god's pleased with you, if you even if you do that as long as you get to heaven and he's pleased with you but when you come to a place with god where you're just tired of living this life just to make it to the next day just to be a little happier than the next guy or a little wealthier than the next guy when you come to a place in this life where you say My life belongs to God Then you want to know how can you give your life to God? What does it mean to lay your life down? Does it mean that I I find a, a preacher walking across the road and I push him out of the way So the bus hits me instead of him and I laid my life down that that'd be an easy way the real way we lay our life down is every day we refuse to live life for our natural man. And we choose to live life for the will of our Father. This message today, if that's your heart, should build a hope in you and excitement in you that even if you're discouraged and you're disheartened, because you look at yourself and think, why me? How would God use me? Surely he can use the famous preachers and the mighty man of old, but never me. I have this weakness, I have this struggle, And and see, in transformation you begin to see that all of us, no matter how strong our outward man is, the outward man cannot take us to revival. The only way to revival is through transformation, through the inner man growing in the knowledge of God. So we have an inward man, we have an outward man, and you have a new nature. So you have a new nature that brought to life the inward man. And now your inward man, your inward body, your inward mind and emotions, is like a child. It's like a baby. It doesn't know anything, but it has the ability to grow in the things of God. If I had a a newborn puppy and a newborn baby, I can invest the same amount of energy into both of them. Excuse this example, but if I took a little puppy and a little baby, both born on the same day, and I gave them the same name, and I poured into both of them the same amount of love, care, same amount of time, don't you know that the puppy will reach a maturity, but will never have the ability to reach the maturity of the baby, the human baby? Because the baby can learn from me because we have the same nature. Even though I pour the same amount of love, and this is where the church is failing, because it's pouring the same amount of love into their natural man, trying to get something that's impossible. You can't mortify the flesh with the flesh. It must be done through the Spirit. So Romans chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 9. Romans 8, verse 9. Now when I'm done in this, I'm hoping you'll have a clearer understanding, not just of Romans 8, but also of the hope and the strength for those who are hungry for God. If you're hungry and passionate for God, which you must be if you're still listening to me, and, and passionate to really see God's will come to pass in your life, then this message, this understanding in the scripture will bring a courage in you that says, you know what, I can do this. Even if I just make a little down payment or a little payment every day, I'm moving in the right direction towards walking in the fullness of Christ in me. Verse 9, Romans 8. But you are not in the flesh. Now we've studied this before. That word flesh means old nature. You don't have a nature of sin in you. For you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. So here the word Spirit is talking about your nature, the new nature. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So the way to get born again is to have that new nature. Verse 10. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now hold your finger there, because I'm, I'm just going to do this real quick. I want you to do this with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And just look at these two, two verses together. Chapter 4, 16. Therefore do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. The inward man is being renewed. So the renewing is the inward man. So you see the outward man and the inward man. And then over in Colossians, we read image, new man, and old man. And in verse 10 here, back in Romans 8, you'll see that all three of them are in this verse. The new nature, the old man, and the new man. The image of God, the nature of God, the image of God. Anytime you see the word image, righteousness, nature, Light, that's talking about the new nature. If Christ is in you, so if you're born again, that's what that means. If Christ is in you, that means you have the new nature. You have that image in you. The body is dead. This is the old man, the outward man. The outward man was not saved. Your outward body was not saved at your salvation. It's going to be replaced, but it was not saved. It did not receive anything from God. Your body is dead because of sin. It was left in darkness. It was left in sin. But the spirit, now that word spirit here means inward man. Okay. Now, one of the ways you can really see that is because it's comparing the two. The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life. So part of you is dead, part of you is alive. So here's what it's saying. that your outward body was left in darkness. while well, the inward man was brought to life by that new nature. Because of righteousness. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit, the inward man, is alive, is life, because of righteousness. Because that image is now in the inward man, it is now brought to life as well. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. The spirit is life because of righteousness. So here the word spirit is talking about the inward man. That were man, inward man. But if the spirit of him, if the new nature of him, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now verse 11. But if the spirit of him, the new nature, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit which dwells in you. So that's simply saying that when the trumpet sounds, you'll get a new outward body. If you have a new nature, you'll get a new outward body. So Romans 8 is really talking about the same things we read in 2 Corinthians 4 and 5. Same message to a different group of people. That you're going to receive a new outward mortal body. Through a spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. We're no longer a debtor to live by the old nature. Because we don't have it anymore. We have a new nature. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. So if you're not saved, you're going to die. But if by the spirit... You put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So it's telling you that there is a path to put to death the deeds of the body. And again, just compare it to Second Corinthians 4, that you will live. It's by the Spirit you put to death. This isn't the Holy Spirit. This is your new nature. You put to death the deeds of your body. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Again, we're putting off the old man, we're putting on the new man. Were mortifying the, old, the outward man. For as many as us are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So you didn't receive an old nature, another worldly nature. You received the z- nature of adoption. You received the, the nature of God, which allows you to call God your father. Abba Father, that's that's very generous. Daddy, Daddy, Abba Father. The Spirit, this is here the word Spirit means the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, our, our inner man, that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our new nature that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may be be glorified together. For I consider that the suffering of this present time. Now, again, in context, I want you to see what he's talking about here. This is God saying, I had to leave you in an outward body. And that outward body is going to cause you trouble. It's going to try to tell you who you are. It's going to try to lead your life. It has deeds and desires. And you have a job to do. The moment you're saved, to begin to mortify, begin to put it to death, begin to kill the strongholds, destroy the strongholds that are trying to tell you who you are, instead of let God build the truth of who you are. The church has stopped growing. It's stopped maturing. So many in the church are just pointed to do, to go and win the world. But how are we going to win the world without Jesus? We want to show them Jesus, the same one who walked on the earth and raised the dead and cast out demons and healed the sick. That's what God wants to show the world through you, not just the church. It's easy to hide behind a church and a group say, yeah, go get them, go get them. God wants us and you together to grow up in Him where individually He's able to show and express the love of Jesus, the holiness of Jesus, the power through Jesus, through you into your family, your friends, your neighborhood, your city, and to the world. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. This suffering is not sickness or disease. It's simply the trench warfare you go through every day when you are pressing into becoming all that God wants you to be. If you ask anyone who's been on this path of transformation, of praying in tongues and worship and spending the time in fasting and seeking God and obeying God, you'll find that all of us have the same testimony. It's not easy. It's not a snap of the fingers. It's not a choice. It's not a choice for me to walk in power. It's a choice for me to spend time every day building up my inner man, growing up my inner man. That's my choice. I have a choice not to give in to my outward man, to mortify it through building up the inward man. That's the suffering. Whatever you go through on this path of following God and growing in God, the suffering that you go through is not worthy to compare with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So the glory at the end of this line, the glory when the earnest of the Holy Spirit is complete and paid in full, the glory will not, there's nothing else compared to all the suffering all the struggle, all the hours of prayer, all the sacrifices of laying down dreams and desires to follow God, won't even compare to what glory will be revealed in us. For the earnest expectations of creation eagerly wait for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because of the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God so even this whole creation all of earth is in turmoil and god's plan is not for us to live on this earth forever god's plan is not for us to even save the earth because eventually this earth is going to be replaced with a new earth this earth will be burnt up and and this universe will be folded up like a garment And we'll have a new earth in a new universe. Well, the same thing, you also have a new body, a new outward man to walk around on the new earth with. And that's God's plan is to take creation from Adam and give it back to Jesus. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Now, I'm stopping there because I love how it uses the word birth pains. That means you're giving birth, you're growing uh, a baby that's what giving birth means is not instant too many preachers nowadays are preaching new believers go out and win the world you got it all now instantly well you don't get pregnant and then have a baby you got to let it grow and mature and so we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now not only that but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit even we ourselves groan within ourselves eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. So remember 2 Corinthians 4 and 5, same language, just a different group of people he's talking to. So not only that, but we who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we who are born again, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're struggling against. Your struggle really isn't against the devil. It's not against the worldly system. It's not even against the evils that are in this world. Your biggest struggle is sitting with you right now. It's sitting right with you. It's your body, this outward man. For we were saved in this hope. For hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one hope for what he sees? So this is the hope that you were saved in. What hope? That you would overcome your body. That you would put off the old man and put on the new man. This is the message of the gospel for the believer. To grow up in God. To transform into all that God has for you. So then he could include you with the works that he really wants to include you in. He'll include you with little works. If that's all you give him, he's happy to. But we don't want to stay there. That's why you're hungry for God. Because you want the fullness of God. You don't want to fall short or take an easier path. You want all that God has for you. And that's why there's hope. And and I want to read this again as we get ready to close. For we were saved in this hope, for hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one hope for what he sees? So there's a hope that you have to have that you can't see. If you you could see it, if you could see the victory already, you wouldn't need hope. The reason you need hope is because you don't see it yet. You don't see the fullness of God in your life, in your finances, in your family, in your calling, in your ministry. You don't see it yet. But there's hope that you're on the right path. The hope is if you're on the path of transformation, you're going to get there if you don't quit. The only thing you need to remember if you're on the path of transformation. That means, in my view, that you're praying in tongues. You're worshiping God. You're reading your Bible on a regular basis. You're fasting. You're obeying then the hope is, do that tomorrow. I did it today, do it tomorrow. I did it today, do it tomorrow. That's the hope. The hope is, if you keep doing the things he told you to do, he's going to get you to where he wants you to be. Don't try to run ahead of him. Even when you're discouraged and frustrated, I had one person I know, a good person, wanted to be an entrepreneur of God, wanted so bad, to give millions of dollars to the gospel. And they were sincere in their heart. They wanted to make a billion dollars to give a billion dollars. They would have kept ten dollars and given the rest to the gospel. Sincerely, that was their heart and their ambition to be used of God in that way, even their calling. So they would step out in faith and make great investments trying to buy things and ended up in debt and in trouble with the law, in jail. Because they made investments they couldn't afford, made promises they shouldn't have. But they said to themselves, you know, if I do this, God will surely bless it. Because I'm going to give it all to God. Well, that's what's happening to the church world today. as they're running ahead, trying to, in good heart, trying to win the world. But they're falling short. They're falling short like that, my friend did. They made investments with the goal that every penny that came in would go to the kingdom of God, so surely God would bless it, but they overstepped where their maturity was. So rather than spending the time fighting the right fight and suffering the right suffering, listen, if I'm going to suffer to get a reward, I can do that. I don't mind doing that. That's like if I go to the gym and do my biceps and and work out hard, I'll get big muscles. That's a reward. But I don't want to go to the gym and work out just to work out. I want to work out to get muscles. Well, if we're going to suffer, let's suffer the right suffering so we get the reward. Let's not suffer and not get the reward. And the right suffering to get the reward, the right suffering to see the glory come into your life is transformation. It's spending time praying in the Holy Ghost, letting the Holy Spirit get into your life, praying in the Holy Ghost hour after hour, helping you to grow up, to see the strongholds in your natural man and to mortify them. So there's hope. The hope is that God's word is true. God's promises is true. He cannot lie. The hope is that I'm not wasting my time, that God's pleased with me because I'm growing up in him. You don't have to see it to do it. Verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not see, We eagerly wait for it with perseverance. There's another great faith word, perseverance. Perseverance. You ever see a a pregnant lady in her eighth month, one month ago? They're persevering. Most of them are saying, I just wish this baby would come now. I just, I I enjoy my pregnancy. Some of them enjoy being pregnant. But that last month, is just extra pressure on their bladder from the baby sitting there. and, And they're ready to give birth. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. This eagerly wait for it is an excitement, that I'm persevering because I'm going somewhere. We don't pray in tongues just to pray in tongues. We don't fast just to fast, to torture ourselves. We don't worship just to worship. We do these things to grow in God. And it moves you along the transformation process, growing up in God to where the goal is that one day, you will step into your calling. And God will say, I need to include you with the works of opening the blind eyes and deaf ears. And seeing little broken babies healed. I need to, I can now include you in that work. You paid in full your transformation price. You've suffered the right suffering. So now the glory shall be revealed in you. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait with for it with perseverance. Likewise, The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also helps with our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. All these verses I've used today is explaining a transformation process. Praying in the Holy Ghost, worshiping, meditating the Word, fasting. Things about growing in things of God. This is a process, and the hope is the strength of the hope in your life. What I want and I pray that you get today, be excited about your future. You may not see anything, but that's why you need hope. That's why it's called faith, because it's you need the hope. You need the hope to not give up. You need to have the hope that God's working something. Every hour you pray, when you don't feel excited, it looks like nothing's changing. You trust the word of God. You are building up that new man. You are mortifying the, the outward man. The inward man is being renewed. The, the Holy Ghost is helping you little bit by little bit, truth by truth, knowledge by knowledge, love by love, building in you, the Jesus in you, building the characteristics. What comes forward is the very image of Christ, in all, not Christ himself, but the very image of Christ when he walked on the earth and all his love and holiness. And as it grows in your inner man, by what we talked about, it goes into your new man, the very image of Christ, holiness, love, grows up in your inner man. You put him on, while you put off Alan. While I put off Alan, I put on Christ in me, that has grown in me. And as I become that, then God could take Jesus in me, to win the world. Not Alan in the name of Jesus but the actual love of Jesus and the holiness of Jesus in me. And that's the authority he wants to use to touch the world. Someone in the church needs to say that John 14 is true. John 14 is the truth. We accept it as truth. We receive it as truth. And we will get there. John fourteen twelve. Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Will you say that with me? Will you have the courage to believe that? That God loves you that much and believes you that much. That you're that much his child. That he sees the potential for your future. To actually be like Jesus. To walk like Jesus in love and holiness And authority. So then the power of the Holy Ghost can flow through you, through your authority of Jesus in you. And then little crippled babies and blind people and deaf and and broken and maimed will be healed, and the world will experience Jesus here on this earth. Let's be courageous. Let's be bold. Let's believe God for this amazing transformation. And let's be encouraged doesn't matter how long it takes, how hard it is. You are a victor. You are an overcomer. You're courageous. You're strong, and your hope is in Him. Your hope is in Him and His plan for your life. Thank you for spending time with me today. I love you, and God bless you.